What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what's up? Oh, you know, we got a lot to cover this week. We had some big upsets this past week. Uh, we had a few few trades, not many. Um, we had some teams making some statements like the Colts, like the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs offense getting back on track. Uh, again, the Packers kind of faltered a little bit. So we got a lot to, lot to cover this week. All right, let's get started. All right, let's start with the Falcons-Panthers game. This is, uh, this is interesting to me because obviously the Panthers aren't a good team, but Falcons get rid of their coach, and, and minus the one blown lead they've had, they're actually looking like a better team. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're just seeing a more well-rounded team. Um, we saw a team that played well in the second half overall, um, outscored the Panthers 9-3 to in the second half, um, didn't give up a lead. Uh, Matt Ryan didn't have any touchdowns. His stats didn't look great, um, but still threw for 280 yards, only had the one interception. Julio Jones, I mean, still, I mean, if he's not the best receiver in football, he's the second best receiver behind probably Hopkins. Um, I mean, the Falcons say we've never questioned their talent on offense, uh, and we've admitted that they've had, I mean, massive injuries on defense. I think it was just more of finding that balance and and getting the consistency between the two and trying to to overcome, you know, trying to overcome the injuries on defense. And it looks like they're able to do that now, um, at least the last three games for the most part. So, um, but again, it is against the Panthers, who are on a great team. We know that, and they're missing Christian McCaffrey, and they've had some injuries of their own. Um, but it was a good win for the Falcons. Yeah, I love to see it. And, and we talked about several teams where you just want to see progression, and that's all you can really ask for for a team that fires their coach midway through the season. You just want them to get a little bit better and prepare for next year. The thing I like about it, it's a division win, so it's always big. And I think they would trade all the stats in the world. Uh, you know, if if – Matt Ryan would probably never throw a touchdown again if he could just start winning games. So the win is the is the ultimate goal, and they got it done. So I, I was really excited for him on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this one was a, a – <laughs> I couldn't even believe my eyes. Luckily for my fantasy team, I had Dalvin Cook, but Vikings destroyed the Packers. I, it was a close game, but the first half was an absolute blowout. What did you think of this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was the, the through three quarters, it was 28 to 14. The Packers, you know, got the touchdown two point in the second or in the fourth quarter. Sorry. Um, I mean, Dalvin Cook looked unreal, 160 yards rushing three touchdowns. He had a receiving touchdown thrown in there. Um, you know, uh, Cousins didn't have to do too much. Uh, the Packers tried to make a game of it at the end. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a bad game. I mean, he threw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I mean, they were missing Aaron Jones, obviously, but uh, I mean, this was a, a big win for the Vikings. I don't think it really changes their playoff outlook because they're still two and five. But uh, I mean, it was a division win, big win for him, maybe something to build off of a little bit. Uh, and the Packers, it was, you know, this is a, a trap game, honestly. Um, they went in, you know, playing a division game, but against a bad team so far this season. And, and, uh, they just didn't look like they were ready for this game. The Vikings to me, and this is interesting. We kind of ranked the Broncos a couple weeks ago as a team that could, uh, make a little bit of noise in the second half. I think the Vikings, they haven't really lost that many pieces. So in theory, they should be one of those teams to do that, but this is what they needed to do. They needed to run this team through Dalvin cook in the running game. And make Kirk Cousins do as little as possible. That's how you win with Kirk Cousins. Let him manage the game, run the football, and and I think the Vikings can. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but you know they can win four or five games in the in the second half here and have an above 500 second half. Uh, so to me, it's it's more alarming. The Packers need to get some of this stuff figured out because they've kind of lost a couple games here. That's making you go, are they really the, you know the best team in the NFC like you thought they might be? So it's kind of an eye-opening game, but I think you're right. It could have just been a trap game, catch them off guard one week. Yeah, and, and the Vikings. I mean, I think the Vikings, again, I don't I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think they will, but they could be a spoiler team. They could be the team that that ups, that knocks a few teams out of the playoffs, uh, and they could be a team that changes the seeding of the playoffs a little bit by upsetting some of these teams. So um, they are not a team I'd necessarily want to play because Justin Jefferson's look great. Um, 
Adam Thielen's had a good season. Dalvin Cook is coming back healthy now. Uh, in the defense, they still have good players on defense. They just need to tweak a few things. So um, the defense can still be dangerous as well. So um, they could definitely be a, a, an upset team, a spoiler team for the second half of the season. Yeah, I kind of see them at like a 7-9, 8-8 kind of team, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, how about Titans-Bengals? Is it Titans lose to the Bengals 31-20? to Is this more on the progression of this Bengals team with Joe Burrow, or is this a little bit of a concern with the Titans right now? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think you're you're finally seeing all this just chaotic season the Titans have been through kind of caught up with them this week. Uh, the Bengals came out ready to play. Uh, and just kind of walloped them a little bit. Um, they up 17-7 at halftime. Uh, the Titans tried to make a run in the fourth quarter, but the Bengals matched them. I mean, they the, the Titans scored 13 in the fourth, but the Bengals scored 14. Um, so they tried to make a run in the fourth, but the Bengals were step-for-step step with them the entire way. Um, Joe Burrow had a, had a good, solid game. The defense played well. Um, offense played well. Giovanni Bernard uh, running the ball. Um, they didn't have Joe Mixon, and they still ran the ball well and effectively. Um, so I think, I think this is a little bit of the progression of the Bengals, um, uh, but also just like I said, that chaotic, uh, COVID season catching up to the Titans a little bit. So, um, I don't think it's too much to worry about. I, I obviously, I still think the Titans are a better team. Uh, I've picked them to make the playoffs. If you, if you watched our mid season episode, uh, I do have them as one of my wild card teams. Uh, so I think they're still a good team. I think it's just a, a manifestation of a few things happening at the same time. I'll tell you what it is to me. It's it's showing hope for the Bengals and, and Zach Taylor. If they can just add some more pieces next year and honestly get rid of A.J. Green, bring in some more pieces, get some more continuity on that offensive line. Like This could be a team that in a couple of years we're talking about as a playoff team, honestly. Yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow's got that talent. If he can just – you just got to build around him. And, and this is a good start. I mean, we said from the beginning – this isn't a team that's going to go eight, nine wins. This is a team that we saw more like a four or five win team just building on having the worst team in the NFL last season. And, and I think they're right on schedule to do that at two, five, and one. So, um, and it's a big win against a playoff caliber team. This isn't like beating up the Jets or something. This is a, this is a good playoff caliber physical football team that they beat. And it's a great win for the Bengals. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of those Jets, uh, let's do the weekly check on whether Adam Gase is still employed. Yep, somehow. Uh, Jets lose to the Chiefs 35 to 9. What'd you think? Uh, not unexpected, honestly. Um, I mean, we, we both projected this would happen and, uh, we both thought this would happen. Um, it honestly, probably a little bit more points than I thought they'd win by. I, I had them winning by, I think, three touchdowns. So, uh, they won by 20, what, 27, 28 points, 26 points. Um, yep, yeah, so I mean, Mahomes four hundred yards, five touchdowns. Um, Kelsey had a great game. Hill had a great game. Um, I was hoping that Bell would have a, a more of a statement game against this old team. You know, I was hoping to see that. You know, hoping to see him uh, score a touchdown and kind of flex on Adam Gase a little bit over there. But um, you know, didn't get to see that. But I mean, the I mean, we we knew this was going to happen. I mean, the Jets have a terrible offense, terrible defense. Chiefs have a great offense, solid defense, and they blew them out the way they should. So. Um, great game by the Chiefs, but nothing. I mean, it's not helping them in any way, and it's it didn't really hurt the Jets in any way, honestly. So um, they did what they were supposed to do. The thing that I love seeing about the Chiefs, and and we've talked about this, we talked about it in the midseason awards episode too. But this team is a is a true pick your poison team. Last week they just ran the football, and, and they didn't have to do much passing. This week. They just pass the football. They don't have to do much running. I mean, they're not a team that is necessarily balanced, but they're a team that can beat you either way. Yeah. If you if you allow them to throw deep, they're going to do it all day to the tune of this week, 400 yards and five touchdowns from Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, if you're a team that's going to let them run, they'll run all over you. So uh, it's it's kind of sucks. Le'Veon Bell didn't get his revenge game against the Jets. He only had what seven yards or something like that. But yeah, uh, they didn't need to. He he was still having fun on the sideline, and I think that's the new the new Le'Veon Bell attitude that I like. He's he's having more fun just winning football games and not complaining that he's not being utilized correctly. He knows why he's there, and it's to he's he's there for when Andy Reid needs him and to win a Super Bowl, yep. and and I think that's going to work out great for him. 
the one thing I did like about the that I like seeing from the Chiefs this year is, uh, despite how high powered the offense is, um, you know the deep ball for the Chiefs I I don't feel like has really been there this year. I feel like they've missed some opportunities and the timing's been off a little bit. Uh, and they hit some really good deep passes this week against the Jets. So uh, I'm hoping that's kind of the start of of you know some new things to come again. You know. Um, because some of their big plays this year have really been kind of dump it off plays and, and the receivers making big plays out of that, or they've been, you know, those 10 to 15 to 20, 25 yards, but we haven't really seen a lot of the, the deep actual passes downfield. And, and, uh, you know, they had the deep one to Tyreek down, you know, down the seam for the touchdown and get, you know, some plays like that. So, um, I do, you know, I, I hope we see some more of that, uh, moving forward with the chiefs. And I like, I, I was talking to a couple of friends and we were talking about um, how the Chiefs are kind of like Clemson of this year. No one's really even talking about the Chiefs right now. Yeah. Um, and it's because they're just, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're, they're winning football games and they're winning them easily. And that's great for, <laughs> for Chiefs fans. I don't want to be in a position where I'm sitting there talking about, oh, he squeaked out a win over the Jets. Uh, you know, they're winning games by two points or two scores almost every week. So yep. um, love to see it. How about the Steelers and Ravens game? I know that one came down to the wire. Um, I've had some harsh things to say about Lamar Jackson, but what did you think of this one? I mean, we we kind of had two games like this this week, and uh, we'll probably discuss the other one here in a little bit. But uh, I mean, it's kind of that that tale of two halves. Um, you know, the 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 Ravens looked like the better team in this in the first half. The Steelers looked like a better team in the second half, uh, and it just kind of balanced out just so that the second half mattered a little more than the first half. Um, I thought the Steelers completely controlled them. Uh, I think they managed them in the first half. I thought they completely controlled them in the second half. Uh, I mean, the Steelers just, they, to me, I think they're the best team in this division. I know a lot of people will still probably pick the Ravens and, and still think the Ravens can win the division, but I think the Steelers are the best team in this division. Uh, they got a great offense. They got a great defense. They're not quite as big a pick your poison as the chiefs are, um, but they could throw the ball if they need to. We saw Claypool had four receiving touchdowns the other, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, they still have Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, they still have James Conner running the ball. Uh, and Roethlisberger, you know, again, quarterback, uh, two-time Super Bowl winner. So, um, I mean, they, they've got the pieces on offense. And, and if you shut down the passing game, they can run it. If you shut down the running game, they can pass it on you. And the defense is great. They blitz extremely well. They rush the passer well. They stop the run pretty decently. Uh, and they got Minka Fitzpatrick and guys like that in the sink, uh, secondary um, to make some plays. So uh, I think this is a very dangerous team. And, and again, I, I do believe they're a step ahead of the Ravens. Yep, I'm with you on that one. And and if you listen to the midseason awards episode, uh, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I've been saying it even when he won the MVP. Lamar Jackson's not a good quarterback. Uh, in this game, less than 50% passing, um, two interceptions. But to me, what really stands out is when you need a guy to drive down the field, passing, and manage the clock and score a touchdown, I'm not taking Lamar Jackson. I'd take probably six, seven other quarterbacks before I take him. I think he's good. I think he's a, a decent quarterback. I think he's a good running back. I don't th- the reason that he's as dynamic as he is when he runs the football is because no one's covering him because you, you don't have enough men on defense to cover a quarterback run. So I think if you lined him up at a running back, he's just an okay running back. I think if you made him a drop back passer, he's just an okay passer. It's the fact that he can do both is what makes him dangerous. But I don't – I mean, if it's a two-minute game in the playoffs or whatever, even this game, I would rather have Ben Roethlisberger. I'd rather have, uh, honestly, probably Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes. There's a bunch of them I would rather have. Even though Lamar Jackson is a playmaker, I don't want him in a clutch position. And to me, it just showed again this week with the Steelers. I just don't know that the Ravens are going to win a lot of those clutch games. Yeah, and and I mean Jackson even came out himself and and talked about it's his fault that uh, Hollywood Brown doesn't have more you know more targets this season and he you know it's his fault that he's not passing it to him he's not seeing some of the receivers uh, he's mistiming some passes right now so uh, I mean they do they they definitely have some issues to work on with with that passing game and maybe you know I don't think this is the answer but maybe Des Bryant can help with that a little bit. Um, even if it's just from a coaching standpoint and, and coaching some of these receivers, because Des Bryant was a phenomenal route runner, uh, and he may not have the skills he used to have. I think he'll be a great red zone option once he gets 
uh, into physical shape, honestly, and gets into football shape. Um, I think he'll be a great red zone option. But Des Bryant was always a great route runner. And it, even if all he brings to this team is teaching uh, Brown and Sneed and some of those guys how to run better routes to utilize that speed even more, um, kind of like a Tyree Kill. You know, that first year with Tyree Kill, he was just a burner, but he's become a, an actual good route runner now. And you're seeing that, and it's making him an elite receiver and not just a fast guy to bomb it to. Uh, so even if that's all Des Bryant brings to this team, um, I think that could be a huge help for him. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see moving forward. But right now they got to do something about the passing game. Well, and I think it's less on the receiver's route running abilities than it is on the progression reading of Lamar Jackson. I mean, yeah. when you look at a guy like Brady, Peyton Manning, Mahomes, all these people, and there's a ton of them, where they make their money is they step up in the pocket, they read their progressions, they get the ball out. Lamar Jackson's either scramble and run or throw it deep. That's pretty much what he does. And uh, and the reason, even in that last drive against the Steelers where I watched uh, – I think it's also part quarterback, but I think he just tries to do too much too. Um, you know, they need a third down and 18 and he's running it up the middle, trying to pick it up himself. It's like, you need to get your receivers involved and throw the football. Um, you need to let routes develop and throw it. It's hard to, it's hard to get catches on a receiver when you're either running a streak wide open down the field or you're trying to get, um, you know, you don't have five seconds to run around like some of these other guys are going to give you. You basically have two seconds. So to me, it's partly on Lamar Jackson and and maybe a little bit on the receivers, but I'm going to put it. I'm with him. I mean, Lamar Jackson admitted it. I think it's more on him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Rams dolphins. This one's a little, uh, I don't even know how to explain this game. It's a little strange. It's, uh, you got two in there for his first start. He only throws for 93 yards and a touchdown has a fumble on his first drop back. Uh, but the Dolphins blow them out, really. 28-17. What'd you think of this game? Yeah, it was it was this is a weird one to watch because again, you look at it and it looks like a blowout. Um, which it was. It was, I mean, they won by double digit points, so it is a blowout. Um, but the Dolphins, <laughs> I mean, what was it? I think they had a, a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown. Yep. Um, I mean, that's 14 other points right there. So um, I mean the the, the jury's still out. We talked about this in the midseason episode. Um, you know, we're not quite sure what two is going to bring uh, in terms of, of moving the ball and consistency on the offense. We know that Ryan Fitzpatrick, he can have his big games, but we also know he he does have the tendency to implode a little bit at times. So uh, maybe Brian Flores was kind of getting a sense of that was about to happen and wanted to make the change before it did. Um, that's the only thing I could get out of that, honestly. Um, so it's still kind of early to tell on, on Tua at the moment, but I mean, the offense didn't look very good against the Rams, but they got lucky and got bailed out with a defensive touchdown, uh, and a special teams touchdown. And I talked about in the, in the mid season episode, uh, the, the Dolphins defense looks great. Um, I mean, they look phenomenal. They've given up 130 points all season, the, the fewest amount of points in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, still got some questions on the offense, but, um, again, we, we didn't expect them to be where they are right now. Um, so if they could keep building off of this and keep progressing and keep making some plays and, and two is going to get more comfortable. I mean, he hasn't played, you know, this is his first football game in the NFL, but it's also his first football game in a year. And he's coming off a, a serious injury. I mean, an injury that, you know, 10, 15 years ago would have been career ending. I mean, he, you know, a, kind of a similar injury to what really ended Priest Holmes career. Uh, career essentially uh, I know Priest came back from it but he was never the same so uh, I mean he it was a serious injury it's his first game back in a while so I'm not ready to to call him out too much but I mean obviously we, we do want to see him without Herbert's playing without Burroughs playing we want to see Tua you know eventually get up to that point at some point this season man you really tugging on the heartstrings of the Priest Holmes references yep 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 had to, to pull that one out <laughs> Let's take a look at the Patriots here. I don't know what the hell's going on. 24 to 21, they lose to the Bills. Bills are a good football team, but Cam Newton, I think there's there's definitely uh, some concern here. After week one, everyone's like, I can't believe the league let the Patriots get Cam Newton. They're easily going to win this division. Um, I think he's thrown two touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's He's been terrible, honestly. Fumbles like crazy. This week, he only had 174 yards, no touchdowns. Another fumble that really yeah. costs in the game. Uh, what do you think of this Buffalo t- or this New England team? Sorry, at two and five. I mean, it's it's hard to get a read on them honestly because you know they kind of had that built-in excuse 
um, there for a few weeks because they had all the COVID stuff and the facilities were shut down. They weren't able to practice. They were missing Cam Newton. They were missing Stephon Gilmore. Um, you know, they're missing these guys and they weren't able to practice. So they had some built in excuses there. And I'll, I'll give them those. Uh, but now they've actually they're back to normalcy and they're still just looking bad. Um, like, I mean, the receiving core, I will say, is terrible. I, I think. Honestly, with with Edelman being out now, I would probably put this as the worst receiving core in football um, ahead of the Jets, you know, or behind the Jets, however you want to word that. Um, I mean, the, the receivers on this team are, are a joke. I mean, these are guys that outside of Edelman, not, you know, we talked about Robbie Anderson in the past. Um, you know, the Jets number one receiver for several years. Now he's in Carolina having a great season. Um, but we talked about him not being a true number one receiver when he was with the Jets and how he would be a number three receiver with any other team. These guys are guys that wouldn't even make a team. Um, they're not even, you know, they're not number one, not number two, not number three, not number four, not number five special teams guys. I mean, I would, I would take, you know, just throwing guys out here because these are some of our teams, but it's like, I would take Pringle from the chiefs over any of these guys. Um, and, and what's Pringle on the chiefs? Is he number five? Yep. Um, I mean, and I would take this, I would take him over any of these guys. I would take, uh, Wilson and Dallas over any of these guys. I would take, uh, Beasley and Buffalo, you know, Beasley is what their number three, three receiver or four receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he is easily superior to any of these guys by a wide margin. Um, and, and so I think that's, that is another issue, but at the same time, Bill Belichick's also, you know, made his entire coaching career on taking nobodies and turning them into somebody. So, uh, I mean, they, they, they should still be playing better than this. The defense should be playing better. Cam Newton. Um, I mean, it's not the receiver's fault that he's fumbling the ball. It's not the receiver's fault that he's reading, you know, making bad reads. Um, it's not, you know, the receiver's fault that when Stidham was in or Hoyer, they were making some bad plays. So, um, as bad as the receivers are, um, the quarterback still has to play better regardless of if it's Newton or Hoyer or, or uh, Stidham. They've got to play better. they got to get better play from the quarterback. So, For sure. Uh, it, it's it's kind of that thing people wanted to see who it was. Was it Bill Belichick making Tom Brady special? Was it, was it Tom Brady making Bill Belichick special? Uh, this might just be a little bit. Uh, you got to remember, Bill Belichick's also the GM, and he did a terrible job of replacing all the players that left. Um, yeah. Like you said, wide receivers, nothing. Quarterback, there's a reason that nobody else wanted Cam Newton. I mean, honestly, if we're looking at it, the Panthers didn't want Cam Newton. He went to the free agent market. No other team wanted Cam Newton. It was just before the season started that they decided that they were going to sign him. Yeah, um, And everyone made a big deal. How could he make it this far into the season? Well, this is why, because nobody was that excited for him because he's not that good, honestly. You're talking about a former MVP, but he's clearly lost something. Um, and when you see him passing, it almost looks painful for him to pass. I don't know what in the heck's going on with him, but it looks like he's throwing everything he's got into these 10 yard passes that he's throwing. And, and honestly, he's not reading the field well and, and kind of like Lamar Jackson, I feel like they're leaning on the run with Cam Newton too much. Yeah. Um, we saw him lose a game earlier this season cause they're trying to do a quarterback draw on the goal line. Yep. It's like you have players that you can use. You don't always have to just cause your quarterback can run. Doesn't mean he has to. When you go back to the Ravens game, even uh, they're down there in the red zone and they're trying to pick up a fourth down play and they run it with with the Lamar Jackson and get and they don't make it. It's yep. uh, it to me, it's partly bad coaching, partly bad GMing. So yep. uh, honestly, if I'm if I'm grading that right now, clearly Brady's winning this one hands down. Uh, yeah, this point midway through the season, he's definitely winning. Okay. Let's take a look at this. This was a this is kind of an interesting game. Chargers Broncos. Um, we mentioned you mentioned in in the midseason awards that the Chargers might be the new Falcons. Uh, four straight games, blown leads, sixteen points or better. Uh, they were up at one point, twenty four to three in this game. The Broncos score twenty eight second half points, twenty one points in the fourth quarter, including a touchdown as time expires. What do you think of this game? I, it was amazingly entertaining. I mean, this was probably the best game to watch all week. Um, I mean, it, but again, kind of a tale of two halves. Uh, really a tale of, you know, two and a half quarters to a quarter and a half, honestly. Um, the I mean, the Chargers, again, they're, they've, they could easily be six and two right now. Um, or sorry, six and uh, six and one. Um, if they could just hold a lead. Um 
Herbert has looked phenomenal. Um, I thought the running game, even missing Eckler, looked really good. Justin Jackson ran the ball well. Um, I think it was probably his best game of the season, honestly. Um, but they just can't hold a lead for what for whatever reason. I, I think it's just a combination of, you know, the defense starts fading as the offense fades at the same time. You know, the, the offense will start making mistakes as the defense fades. Um, but, you know, credit to the Broncos. You know, Drew Locke, they talked about his halftime speech and, uh, you know, and, and basically calling himself out, starting with himself saying, you know, listen, we've got a man up. We've got to make some plays. And that starts with me. Uh, let's let's go out. You know, there, it's not time for a hoorah speech. It's time for us to actually do what we're supposed to do. And, you know, let's go out and do it now. And, and they did. Um, Drew Locke looked looked extremely good in the second half. Uh, he played really well. Um, we've questioned whether he was, you know, the, the Broncos future. And I mean, this kind of, you know, this, this simmers that a little bit, you know, obviously we need to see this on a more consistent basis. Um, but it, at least simmers it a little bit for, for a week or two. But, um, I mean, this is what the Broncos were hoping to get out of drew lock. I mean, the one thing we know about drew lock is that he can throw the football, um, it's just a matter of him making better reads and, and being a little more decisive uh, with the football when he makes those reads. So, uh, I mean, it was, again, Herbert looked great this week. Drew Locke looked great. Um, a big win for the Broncos takes him to three and four, keeps him potentially in the playoff pitcher. Um, but we, we got to see more from from the Chargers in terms of finishing games, in terms of closing out games. So, Yeah, so the one thing I'll say about the Chargers, and I think it's it's honestly a pretty simple fix, I don't think they have a lot of they have a great defense, but they don't have a lot of depth on defense. And when you even in that Chiefs game earlier this year, they came out and dominated the first half of that game. But in the second half, all the defensive line, including Joey Bosa, sitting on the sidelines, hands on their on their knees, just panning, sucking in air. I mean, they need a defensive rotation on the defensive line. Um, and you kind of see that with the Chiefs. They've got a couple of really good young guys, and then they got Chris Jones and they cycle them in and out, and they're pretty much fresh the entire game. Yep. Chargers need to do that. They can't. They can't go into the third quarter dead tired, or they're never gonna seal a game off. Um, and then flipping to the other side on the Broncos, I said last week Drew Locke's not the guy. I don't know if this really said anything to me because uh, we just said Chargers burned themselves out, and it's a self inflicted wound on the Chargers. I mean, they the Broncos actually failed on that last drive, but the Chargers bailed them out with a pass interference in the end zone. Yeah, uh, a play that did they didn't need to do. I mean they. He basically just got all over this guy. It wasn't going to be a complete pass. It wasn't even that accurate, but they got a shot from the one-yard line through the pass. So yep. um, obviously good for the Broncos. I don't know that it's like, oh, my God, now all of a sudden he's the savior. I think you need a larger body of work than what we've seen. And the Chargers' self-inflicted wounds, obviously they're good at this. It happened, what, four weeks in a row now. So Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. And, and like you said, the Chargers are one of those teams. And it's weird because – with Philip Rivers, it's, it was kind of the same. A team that has a lot of talent that just can't win games. They lose the close games. Um, I think last year with Philip Rivers, I think they would they win nine games, and I think they said that there was like four games that they lost by like three points. Yeah, so they could have easily been almost tied for the division lead with the Chiefs and stuff. So, yep, um, it's it's the same this year. They they're you know three or four plays away from being a six win team. So. It, it makes you wonder exactly what's going on there, but it's something to watch. Yep. How about the Saints and Bears? Uh, I know there's some trade news with the Saints. Saints beat them 26 to 23 in overtime. Who? How'd you like this game? Yeah, I mean it was it was a good win for the Saints. Um, you know, we we kind of talked about it in that midseason episode that you know the Bears are five and three. I picked them at the beginning of the season to win the division. I cha- I changed my pick at the midway point to the Packers because the Bears are not a good five and three team. Um, the, the offense looks inconsistent. They don't look decisive. Matt Nagy's play calling is questionable at best, uh, to the point of Nick Foles, even calling him out on it. Um, and you know, this was, again, the saints always start the season off slow. I think what they start off this season, one and two, now they've won four straight. Uh, they just added Quan Alexander from the 49ers. That's going to add great depth to the defense. Uh, they should be getting Michael Thomas back. I know he's been technically healthy, but he's been out for kind of disciplinary reasons um, from what sources are reporting. Um, but he should be back. The trade deadline's gone. They're not going to move him at the at this point. So he, there's no reason for them to continue to hold him out at this point. Um, so they're, I mean, they just got help on the offense. They just, or they're getting help on the offense with him coming back. They're getting help on the defense with Quan Alexander coming in. Uh, I mean, this is this going to be a scary Saints defense or scary Saints team again. Um, 
And the the Bears, I mean, again, they're not a good five and three. Um, they are five and three nonetheless. But I could all, honestly see this team finishing eight and eight or seven to nine. Honestly, yeah, I I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, I said in the midseason that it's uh, it's almost painful to watch the Bears try to score points. It, it, their offense just isn't good right now. Uh, part of that, there's a couple injuries on there. Treat Cohen gone, but I just you know. Nick Foles is one of those quarterbacks that's not super exciting. <laughs> yeah. he, he's just – he's an okay quarterback, honestly. But yeah. the Saints, to me, I think this is the Saints kind of turning the page. They won a game against the Bucs, and they dropped two. And everyone's like, oh, they're done. Well, now they've reeled off four straight wins. They're in great position right behind the Bucs, um, only half game back. I think this is where the Saints start getting scary. Alvin Kamara is playing well. Uh, getting Michael Thomas back, like you said, getting some guys in on the defense. So I, I really think this is going to be a little bit of a scary Saints team going down the the back half of the season. I'm excited to see what happens when they go against the Bucks again. Yep. All right. Let's talk about 49ers Seahawks. Obviously, this game isn't uh, anything we didn't expect. The Seahawks win at 37-27. But the shocking part is Jimmy Garoppolo out probably six to eight weeks. Uh, George Kittle, they're talking about basically done for the season. So uh, costly game for the 49ers, but they're still four and four. How'd you like this game? Uh, I mean, it was, it was a fairly entertaining game. 49ers put up 20 points in the fourth quarter to kind of make it interesting a little bit. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the Seahawks are the better team with or without Kittle and, and Garoppolo. Uh, Russell Wilson, 260 yards, four touchdowns. DJ Metcalf, uh, what was it last week that Tyler Lockett had 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Um, this week it was DK Metcalf, 12 catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, and now they're, you know, Chris Carson's getting healthier. They had DJ Dallas at running back, had 18 carries for 40 yards. So there's some questions at running back, but if they can get Chris Carson healthy, um, I, I believe that this is a legit uh, NFC title contender uh, and potential Super Bowl contender, but they've got to do something about. Um, that running back spot, they got to get more production out of that. Um, and they have Carlos Dunlap coming in, who's going to add some depth to that defensive line uh, and that outside pass rush. Uh, so they should be able to, you know, defense will get a little bit better with him. Um, but again, they got to do something about the run game. Um, 49ers, I mean, their season's basically done. They're four and four right now. It's, you know, they don't technically look bad. They're kind of like the Bears, though. Um, that four and four is a little deceiving, especially with some of the injuries that the, the 49ers have. I think all of that's about to catch up to them. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it surprise me to see this team finish six and 10? Yep. I'm with you on that. It's, it's kind of, you know, everyone talks about the Super Bowl curse for the 49ers, but this is, it's just been a bad year injury wise. And, and, uh, I think they still have the talent if everyone could be healthy, but it's also, uh, we talked about, this is the toughest division, honestly, football right now. So. Yeah, um, it's just unfortunate for the 49ers to go from honestly probably worse to first to worse again. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, a really weird deal. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys Eagles. Obviously, this isn't uh, anything we didn't expect. Also, Eagles did not look good in the win over the Cowboys. Uh, ben DiNucci did not have a good game, but that was also to be expected. Third string quarterback. Yeah. But the thing that kind of shocked me. Uh, I honestly thought the Cowboys might be sellers at the trade deadline and they didn't. Yeah, that was, that was a little surprising. I, there were a few guys I thought they would consider moving on from, um, that they, that they didn't. And part of me, I'm, I'm glad cause I've, I've stated that I, I believe part of their, at, at least part of the issues they've had this year are due to injury. I think the other part is, is Mike Nolan being defensive coordinator, um, but part of it, I mean, is injury. So I'm glad they're keeping some of those guys and, and potentially giving them the opportunity to prove themselves next year. Um, the game itself wasn't surprising. I know, you know, obviously I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm on a lot of fan pages. I'm, I, I follow a lot of that stuff. And um, reading some of the comments, I mean, it, it really makes me question people's intelligence in football because some of these people legit thought Ben DiNucci was going to come out and and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, the, the kid's a seventh-round uh, rookie quarterback. You know, he's a seventh round rookie quarterback. We see what Herbert's doing. He's having some phenomenal games, but he's a top 10 pick. Uh, same thing with Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick. Uh, and, and some of those guys aren't even putting up those kind of numbers. So to think Ben DiNucci was going to come out and do that um, is insane. However, with that being said, Ben DiNucci outplayed Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz looked like trash. 
Um, I mean, he he looked like trash. What do you have? Four turnovers altogether himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, he 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 looked like trash, uh, and was outplayed by again a seventh round rookie draft pick, uh, rook, uh, you know, rookie quarterback. So, um, the defense for Dallas actually looked really good. Again, four forced turnovers. I think three or four sacks. They had Sean Lee was back this week. Um, I've said it all season. The defense isn't as bad as they've played they've just been really injured they're starting to get healthy uh mike nolan you know i don't know if it's him making the decision or if mike mccarthy is deciding behind you know behind the scenes that they're going to a more base defense because you know the defense didn't look like they were trying to do a bunch of crazy shit this week um and again they had sean lee out there my only critique of the defense is that they have sean lee back and they kept trying to play nickel defense and only keep van der esch and jalen smith out there um which was questionable um, when your secondary is not very good. You should obviously have your best players out there. But um, so that was my only critique of the defense. The offense, there's no surprise. Um, again, seventh round rookie quarterback, four offensive linemen that aren't their normal starters. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I mean, the Eagles didn't look good. They won the game, but um, will likely win the division if they just get mediocre play from Carson Wentz. But at this point, I'm kind of hoping the Cowboys just toss the season and get the high draft pick, honestly. So <laughs> I will say a couple a couple of bright spots. Actually, really one is Trevon Diggs for the for the Cowboys. I mean, that's the guy that if yeah. you go all the way back and you listen to our mock draft, that's the guy I wanted the Chiefs to get. Yep. Uh, he had two picks in this game, uh, really good game. So that was probably the only bright side. The other, other thing I wanted to highlight, though, is the offensive play calling was bad for the Cowboys. Yeah. When you look at it, they actually had – lead at the half. Yep. Nine to seven. Yet somehow Ben DiNucci still threw 40 times and Ezekiel yep. Elliott only had 19 carries. Yep. I know Ezekiel Elliott was only averaging three and a half yards a carry, but Tony Pollard was averaging five and a half yards a carry. Yeah. So they needed to run that football more like 40 times and pass that football 20 times with a quarterback. I mean, this is a guy who nobody thought would ever see the field, honestly, probably for the first four or five years of his career. Yeah, and you're coming in there and asking him to throw 40 times in prime time. I think that was with if I get if you're playing from behind, but you're playing with a lead at the half. You should have just yeah. ran the ball. Um, I mean, and you know, and I've been one that's defended Kellen Moore, but yeah, this game was just really bad. And if you actually watch the game too, um, some of their setups, it was it was just dumb. It was just bad play calling because it was it was run run reverse run reverse draw screen pass reverse draw run and it was like what the hell is happening right now <laughs> you know and it like i mean it, it was almost like watching someone playing madden for the first time uh and they just kept trying to do all these these trick play i mean they kind of the stupid stuff that mike nolan was doing on defense he kind of transferred it over to kellen moore uh, and they started doing a lot of stupid things on offense. So, um, again, yeah, I, I, Ben DiNucci didn't have a great game, but he did outplay Carson Wentz, and, and part of that was the play calling. I will say some of Ben DiNucci's sidearm throws were pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There was yeah. a couple of hilarious ones where he's – one where he's running out of bounds and he throws a sidearm pass. I don't think the receiver is expecting it to just, like, hit the receiver in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I felt I, bad for the guy. Yeah, as I say, a lot of people are, are mocking him, but at the end of the day, I mean, it was really bad play calling. And and like we, I mean, a seventh round rookie should never see the field at least in their first couple years. Um, I mean, they should definitely sit on the on the sideline for at least two years. They got Garrett Gilbert, I believe, is starting this week. There's there's rumors that it could be Cooper Rush, who's been the backup the last couple years, who they re-signed this week uh, or last week, I believe. Um, Neither one of them has ever started an NFL game, though. Um, so I'm not, and they're playing the Steelers. So I'm not expecting things to get better. Like I said, at this point, as much as it pains me, I kind of hope they just lose the rest of the games. They get the really high draft pick, um, get that impact rookie um, in the first round and second round and possibly third round and fill some of those holes and, and just move on and start preparing for 2021. For sure. All right, Monday Night Football. I really want to get your opinion on this game. The Bucks, who look like everyone's favorite Super Bowl contenders here, almost lose to the Giants. Honestly, uh, a somewhat controversial ending play. Uh, they go, the Giants score a touchdown, need a two-point conversion to send it to overtime. They throw the flag for pass interference, and then they pick the flag up, um, and the Giants lose 23-25. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was... 
I, I get the controversy where it comes from. There was some contact there, but if you actually watch the play, uh, Antoine Winfield, as he was making contact with, with, uh, uh, Dion Lewis, um, I mean, he was turning his head around. He was going for the ball. Um, the contact was happening as the ball was arriving there. And at that point, as long as his head's turned around, uh, and he's making a move for the ball, he has just as much right for the ball as Dion Lewis does. Um, I understand there was contact and, and people are mad, but at the end of the day, uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones also misread that play. Um, he threw the ball late. If he would have, you know, he had that kind of almost like a pump fake. If you watch the play, um, had he released it right there, um, that's, that's a two point conversion. It's good. Um, also if he leads the receiver a little more, he kind of threw it a little bit behind him. If he leads the receiver a little bit more, um, I also think it's a completion. So, um, some of that was partly on Daniel Jones, just kind of miss, you know, misreading the coverage and mistiming it, honestly, uh, and just not putting the ball where it needs to be. Um, the Buccaneers did not play well. The giants did play very well. Um, but the Buccaneers still escaped with a win. I mean, it was, again, this could have been a trap game for him. Uh, Tom Brady's got some bad memories against the giants, obviously. Um, (laughs) so, I mean, kind of a little bit of a trap game, but, um, I mean, the giants, again, they played a good game, but Daniel Jones needs to get a little more consistent. He needs to read the ball, you know, read coverage a little more. He did throw two interceptions. Uh, and like I said, that, that two point conversion, if he just leads Deion Lewis right there, instead of throwing it where he did, um, I believe that they at least go into overtime. They might still lose the game, but at least they go into overtime. So, um, but good game for for both teams, honestly. Buccaneers got a win, and the Giants played well. Moral of the story: turnovers kill. Yep. If they don't have those two picks, they beat the Bucks. So, yep. All right, let's take a look at this week's games coming up here tomorrow night. We got the Packers and the 49ers, but 49ers without Jimmy Garoppolo, without George Kittle, and their facilities are closed down for COVID. Who knows what's going to happen? Apparently, the game is still on for tomorrow. Yeah. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm i going with the Packers, obviously. I talked about it. I think the 49ers are going to have a bit of a collapse this, this second half of the season. It does look like the game is going to happen. Um, I saw an update a little bit ago that the plane has left for the Packers um, heading to uh, the San Francisco area. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Packers are going to take this one. It seems like they're getting Aaron Jones back. Um, that should help stabilize the running game, despite Jamal Williams playing well the last couple weeks um, anyways. Um the 49ers obviously missing Garoppolo and Kittle. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to score enough points to keep up with the Packers. So I'm going Packers. Yeah, I am too. Simply, simply just because injuries. I mean, if if Garoppolo and Kittle and Joey Bosa's playing, this is probably one of the most fun games of the week. Yeah. Or Nick Bosa, sorry. Um, but they're all injured and they're not playing. So I don't think it's going to really be that hard for the Packers to win this. Yep. How about Texans at the Jaguars this week? Who do you got? I'm going Texans on this one. Um, the Jaguars are going to be without Gardner Minshew. We've talked about he's kind of the reason. I mean, he's almost willing them to compete. Um, I love what James Robinson's doing. He, I had him picked as my offensive rookie of the year so far. Uh, but they're starting, I believe, a rookie quarterback themselves. I can't think of the guy's name at the moment. It's kind of escaping me. Um, but they're starting a rookie quarterback. Um, and Gardner Minshew was really kind of the reason that they were even in in contention for some of these games. Without him, I think the Texans, despite being one and six, I think the Texans win this one by two touchdowns. Yeah, they got the Texans easy. I mean, we we've discussed. I we even said the the Minshew magic has run out. <laughs> well, yep. now they don't even have what was left. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's Texans easy. How about <laughs> oh boy? How about this barn burner? Giants versus the Washington football team. Oh man, that's uh, man. That's the thing is. <laughs> um, this is for second place in the NFC East. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm. Oof. I'm. I'm going to go with Washington. Um. Simply because they're. I mean, what were they on a bye week last week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. The Giants aren't a very good football team. Um, I liked how the, you know, how Washington looked the last time out. Obviously, um, just kind of dismantling Dallas. Um, so they've got a little momentum on their side. Plus, they're coming off a bye week. So I'm going to go with Washington. I'm going to go with New York, and almost for the same reason. I feel like even though they lost the game against the Bucks, it's still a good momentum builder to even be competitive with a Tom Brady led Bucks team. Um. I think they're going to be fired up knowing that they could compete with the Bucks, And I, I think that they're going to, obviously I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game, but I think that they win by like, I don't know, 20 to 10, maybe something like that. All right. 
How about Ravens and Colts? This is going to be one hell of a matchup. Oh, yeah, this is this is a good game. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going with the Colts on this one. Um, wow. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I like what the defense does. Um, their defense is, is, I mean, obviously both of them have great defense. Um, but I just, you know, I liked what the Colts did this last week um, against the Lions. I mean, they, they were in a tough back and forth game with the Lions. Uh, and then the fourth quarter came, and that's typically where Phillip Rivers kind of falters a little bit. And what did they do? They outscored them 21 to nothing or 20 to nothing or something in the fourth quarter. Um, so in that time when he normally falters, he actually excelled uh, and the team excelled. Um, they've got good momentum on their side. The Ravens are coming off a loss to the Steelers. They're down a little bit. So I'm going with the Colts. I'm going to go Ravens and, and I'm going to throw a bold prediction out here. Philip Rivers will throw two picks in this game. That's, that's, not, that's, a, my, that's, that's my prediction. Not, that's not a prediction. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. But the Colts still win. I don't think so. I think the Ravens, uh, the Ravens lose to the Steelers and they lose to the Chiefs, and and that's just how it is for whatever reason. I think they're going to beat the Colts because this is, and I said the same thing about when after they lost to the Chiefs, this happens to the Ravens all the time. They oh, everyone's talking about how Lamar Jackson's not a good quarterback and how they're struggling, and then they'll come out and win a game, and everyone will be like, he's back, MVP. Yeah, uh, I think I think Lamar Jackson wins this one. I do think it's going to be a really entertaining, really close game. Uh, this is where. You heard me bashing on him this episode. This is where Lamar Jackson can prove me wrong. Going against a great defense, he needs to pass football here. Uh, he can't have a 50% completion, 198-yard, no-touchdown game. It just it can't happen against a team like this. This is a, a playoff preview. He needs to prove he can win these games. So I'm going to go Lamar Jackson here. All right. Lions and Vikings, who do you got? You know, I'm going the Vikings on this one. Um, I like how the, the Lions have been playing, but – uh, Matt Stafford was put on the COVID list today. Um, potentially, he could still play for Sunday, but he's got to have five consecutive uh, um, positive or you know negative tests. Sorry um, for COVID. Um, so with with that uncertainty, I, I can't reasonably pick the Lions. Um, the Vikings were coming off a, just a thrashing of the Packers. Dalvin Cook looked incredible, honestly. Uh, I mean, Justin Jefferson's looked great all season. Adam Thielen's looking good. Um, I like where the, the Vikings offense is, you know, I like how the Vikings offense is, is playing um, it, with the Lions potentially not having Matt Stafford. I like the Vikings defense in this game. Uh, so I'm going, I'm going Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings too. And we kind of talked about um, how the Vikings could be a team that can make some noise in the second half of the season. This is one of those games that uh, they can easily win as long as they stick to the fundamentals that they did last week. And that's put the ball in Dalvin cook's hands as much as possible. And yep. don't put it on the shoulders of Kirk Cousins, and you're going to be fine. Uh, you know, when, when Dalvin Cook rushes for three touchdowns, you can throw it a little bit. Yep. Uh, that's where they need to start. They need to have the foundation, kind of like we were talking about with the Cowboys. There's no need to have Kirk Cousins come out there and throw 40, 50 passes in this game. Just come out there, pound the rock, let him throw off play action, and and uh, I think they can easily win this one, honestly, without Matt Stafford playing. Yep. All right, how about Bears and Titans? This is a honestly kind of too – Team, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say unexciting teams. Bears are kind of unexciting, but the Titans have struggled as of late um, and lost to the Bengals. Who do you got? Is it two five-win teams going against each other here? I'm going the Titans, and I, I think this is is a, a big win for the Titans. I'd say pushing that double-digit um, point win. Um, I, I Obviously, I love what Derrick Henry's doing. Um, I like how Ryan Tannehill's been playing. Uh, I mean, the guy's on – on pace right now to throw for right around 4,000 yards and about 35 touchdowns, which who would have ever predicted that before the season started. Um, so, I mean, R Tannehill's playing great. Derrick Henry's playing great. Uh, they've got Brown back at receiver. Um, I mean, they've got, they've got some good weapons on the offense. The defense plays well. And like I said, I, I know I picked the, the Bears at the beginning of the season, but there's just so much inconsistency with them um, that I, I can't reasonably pick them against the Titans right now. Yeah, I'm going Titans. Uh, I think Derrick Henry is going to be the difference maker in this. If there's one way to slow Khalil Mack in this defense down, it's going to be running a 260-pound running back down their throat. So yep. um, I think that opens up Tannehill to do some things. And and honestly, I think to beat the Bears, you just need to score about 24 points. You score 24 points, you're going to beat the Bears, I think. Yep. And I think they can easily do that in this game. Right. How about Panthers-Chiefs in Arrowhead? I mean, I think this is going to be a fun game, honestly. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win. 
Um, I think they're going to win by probably 10 points. Um, but there, there's that outside optimism that Christian McCaffrey's back. And if he is back, I think the, that opens up the Panthers offense, obviously a lot more, not just a little bit, but a lot more. Uh, you mentioned in the midseason episode that Robbie Anderson's playing extremely well for the, for the Panthers. Um, this could be the game that maybe he finally gets that second touchdown. Um, if they're, if they're guarding against McCaffrey a little more, um, if McCaffrey doesn't play, I think this is probably a 17 point win by the chiefs. Um, cause the Panthers just don't have the offense to keep up with them. Um, but I think it's a fun game if, if McCaffrey plays, but I'm going chiefs either way. Yeah, I'm going chiefs. Here's the interesting thing about chiefs defense. Uh, as of last week, anyway, they were like the 12th best defense in the league, number two against the pass and number 30 against the run. Um, so it's not far fetched to say, just like you're saying, if Christian McCaffrey plays, that could spell trouble for the chiefs. Uh, probably their biggest strength is they bend and they just don't break that much. And you can't trade field goals with the chiefs. You're never going to win. Yep. Um, and you've seen that all year. If you, if you kick, basically if you start kicking field goals, you're losing possessions against the chiefs. It's, yep. it's about as good as a turnover. Um, so they need Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think it'll be close, but I, like I, said, I got the chiefs either way, but I think it's going to be a big chiefs win. If McCaffrey doesn't play. All right. How about Seahawks and bills? Another hell of a game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks in this one only because I, I love what the bills are doing. I love how Josh Allen's playing. I picked him as my most improved player this year. Um, but the, you know, the bills, they still, they, they're still a step behind the elite teams. I think the, I, I think there's those elite teams in the league, the, the chiefs and the, the Steelers and the, the Seahawks and teams like that. And then I think there's that next tier. And I think the bills are still in that tier because they haven't played well against those, those more elite teams like the chiefs. Um, and even like the Titans, which I don't know if I quite put the Titans on elite, but they're, they're also in that, that same category. Um, so I'm, I'm picking the Seahawks in this one just cause, uh, I don't think the bills are quite ready to make that leap at the moment. Um, and, and the Seahawks are just playing phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Seahawks too, because honestly, to me, when you pick, when there's a team that I'm trying to compare to the Chiefs as far as offense goes, it's the Seahawks because you've got a semi, I mean, the Chiefs, obviously Mahomes isn't quite as mobile as Russell Wilson, but uh, as far as quarterback running around in the pocket, making throws, you've got weapons all over the field. Seahawks are right up there. Chiefs handled the Bills. The Bills barely beat the Jets. I feel like the Bills are actually struggling a little bit. I think that can be fixed, but... Um, they got some work to do and the Seahawks are just too powerful. They're my NFC favorite. So I got the Seahawks in this one. All right. All right. So last week the Broncos played the chargers who are the new Falcons. Now they're playing the actual Falcons. Who do you got Broncos Falcons? <laughs> uh, man, that's kind of a tough one to pick honestly. Cause I do like how the Falcons are playing the last few weeks. Um, Todd Gurley's running the ball. Well, I don't think, I don't think anyone's really noticed, but Todd Gurley is actually on pace for like 1,100 yards and 16 touchdowns rushing the ball. Um, I don't think anyone's actually noticed that. I mean, that's phenomenal, um, especially for a guy that we've all said we thought would never be an elite running back again. Well, that's pretty damn elite. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, he's having another great season. He's on pace for close to 5,000 yards. He's on pace for 25 plus touchdowns. Um, I mean, the, the offense has never been the question. Um, it's always the defense. I'm not quite sure, you know, it's kind of, you're not really sure about the Falcons defense, but you're not sure about the Broncos offense either. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a hard game to pick, but I'm going to go with the Falcons on this just cause they do have the more consistent, uh, the more consistent offense. And I think if they score, you know, 25 plus points, I think they have a pretty good shot of winning this game. Yep, exactly my thoughts. I'm picking the Falcons because I think I think they can put 30 points up against this Broncos defense, and that's I in my mind more than enough to beat the Broncos. So, yeah. um, Drew Locke he looked good in the second half, but he looked terrible in the first half of the last game. So, um, it's one of those can we get consistency out of Drew Locke? Because that's honestly what he needs more than anything right now. Yeah, he looked good last season. He looked bad to start of this season. He's had a couple good games, a couple terrible games. Um, and, and he's even last game, he had half of a really bad game, half a really good game. So can we get one full good game out of drew lock? If that's the case, Broncos got a shot here, but I'm going to go Falcons. All right. Raiders chargers divisional matchup. Who do you got? I'm going the Raiders. Um, 
simply because the Chargers just haven't been able to hold on to the leads. Um, I think this is going to be a really fun game, if not the most fun game to watch this this week. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of big plays made between both teams. I love what Herbert's doing. Uh, I love Josh Jacobs on the Raiders. Um, I, I actually really like both of these teams. I don't think the Chargers are, are as bad as our two and five record shows. We we even mentioned they could easily be six and one um, with just a few plays here and there uh, in in four consecutive games. So I don't think they're a bad team. I don't think they're a true two and five team, but um, I do like the Raiders a little more than I like the the Chargers in this one. So I'm going to go the Raiders. I'm going to go Chargers here. I think it's, I don't want to say a trap game, but the Chargers have always been that team that they play division pretty well. Yeah. Even the Chiefs. I mean, they play the Chiefs pretty well. Honestly, they should have beat the Broncos last week. That was some self-inflicted stuff and just some bad play. Um, they even almost beat the Chiefs this year. The Raiders did beat the Chiefs, but I, I, the, the Chargers have kind of uh, owned the Raiders the last few years too. I, I just like Justin Herbert. And the Raiders didn't impress me that much last week. I think, what they score? 16 points against the Browns? Yeah. Uh, that ain't going to cut it against the Chargers. So you're going to have to score probably 30 again to, to beat the Chargers. So uh, I'm going Chargers in this one. And surprisingly, I, I was actually shocked at this looking it up. They're actually favored in this game. Okay. Which I find odd, honestly. All right. Someone's, I, thought the, I thought they'd be the underdog. Someone's bitter about that Chiefs loss, but okay, moving maybe on. A little, maybe a little. <laughs> Plus, it helps, you know, if the Raiders lose. Not that I'm worried about the Chiefs losing the division or anything, but it's Sounds always like good it. when the teams beat each other up at the bottom. Sounds like you're worried. <laughs> Speaking of worried, should the Cardinals be worried that they're going against the Dolphins this week? Dolphins have been blowing out everybody. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, the, again, the, God, there's just a lot of fun games this week. Um, I'm excited to see that, you know, it's going to be a two, a second start in the NFL. I think he's going to be a little more comfortable in the pocket. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing he and, and Kyler kind of in a running kind. I mean, this is almost like Mahomes and, and Josh Allen a couple weeks ago, you know, that the both big arms and, and both, you know, fairly mobile quarterbacks. And that's what this is this week, except kind of the opposite side, um, where these guys can both run the ball extremely well, uh, and can both pass the ball obviously well, um, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Cardinals in this one. I love what the Cardinals are doing. Um, they're coming off the bye week. Uh, Kyler Murray's looked great this year. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, the guy's on pace for 1,500 yards receiving right now uh, in like 115 or 120 catches, something like that, something ridiculous. Um, uh, they're going to be without Kenyon Drake, who's quietly having a pretty solid season so far. Um, but I think that the passing game will be enough to, to hold the Dolphins at bay a little bit. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm a good Cardinals here too, honestly, because I just don't know enough about how Tua is going to do. Uh, if he plays like he did last week, Cardinals are going to easily win this game, I believe. Yeah. Because uh, I, you know, I don't think a special teams touchdown, defensive touchdown is going to get it done against the Cardinals. So they're going to need great play out of him. I just, until I know more, I got to pick the Cardinals here. Yep. So speaking of fun games, Steelers Cowboys. <laughs> Who do you got? It's going to be fun for for one team, I think. Uh, and that team's going to be <laughs> and that team's going to be Dallas. Now, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I I I'm go just do it, just yeah. do it. I'm going with the Cowboys, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I'm a true fan. Uh, and even though I realize they're bad, and even though I said I hope they lose all their games, uh, I'm going to belligerently, knowing that they're not the better team, I'm going to belligerently pick them, and I'm going to stand by it. Uh, I'm going to go in with, with the Garrett Gilbert slash Cooper Rush-led offense. <laughs> um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, still on pace right now. The guy's on pace for 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns running the ball. Amari Cooper's on pace for twelve or 1,300 yards receiving. Uh, and four or five touchdowns. Um, they still got the offensive weapons. Um, the defense is playing better. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is overrated. Mike Tomlin's overrated. <laughs> Pittsburgh as a city is overrated. I'm taking that back. I didn't mean that one. Um, only a little, though. Uh, I, I'm going with the Cowboys because that's what I do, and that's what a real fan does. So I'm going by it, even though I'm not 100%. <laughs> Steelers by three touchdowns. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. The Cowboys uh, got blown out by a, a really shitty Carson Wentz. I can't imagine it's going to be real good against the Steelers, who are the best team in football right now. So, yeah, I got the Steelers winning big. 
Right. Although it will be exciting to see if if whichever quarterback it is yeah. can be better than Ben DiNucci. We'll see. All right, let's I might be big, hearing a DiNucci chance getting him back in the game. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> All right, so we got two primetime games coming up here. One of them is fantastic, and one of them you might as well not even turn on. Let's start with the fantastic one. Sunday Night Football, Saints-Bucks, the rematch. Who do you got? That's the one you went with. I thought you were talking about Patriots-Jets. Damn. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a snooze fest. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm going with the Buccaneers in this game. Uh, I know the Saints won the first game. I know the Saints are potentially getting Michael Thomas back this week. Um, I believe Quan Alexander will be playing this week with them. Uh, I know they're getting some help, and they did win the first matchup, but I love what the Buccaneers are doing right now. Uh, they're running the ball well. They're passing the ball well, and they're adding a guy by the name of Antonio Brown, um, who's who's had some success in this league. Um, for the people that don't know who he is, um, he's had some, he's had, he's had a few good games. Uh, and, and again, Rob Gronkowski is getting into shape. He's playing better. Mike, uh, Mike Evans is, is getting more, you know, chemistry with Tom Brady. He's having some big games. Chris Godwin's coming around. Um, he's got a finger issue. He's, he's saying he should know here in a couple of days, whether he can actually catch a football. Um, but if he's activated for this game and he's able to play and they have a B and they have, Gronkowski and Evans and Fournette and Ronald Jones. I think that's just a little too much for the Saints. Uh, so I'm going the Buccaneers. I'm going to go Saints in this one. I think uh, this is honestly, I hate to say this this early in the season, but this is kind of a must win for both these teams, really. Uh, they're, they're neck and neck. The Saints already have the tiebreaker. The Bucs need to beat them because if they don't, the Saints are really going to have a tiebreaker going into the rest of the season. Yep. But I really like the Saints and what they're doing. Alvin Kamara, and like I said in the midseason episode, kind of bailing out Drew Brees, but that's what their offense is. Yeah, uh, dump it off to the running backs, let them get open, and and honestly, the Bucks struggled last week. They did not look good at all against the Giants. So um, I got the Saints winning a close one. I think it's going to be like a field goal game, maybe even an overtime game. All right. All right. I don't even know why we're picking this damn game. Jets Patriots. This is, you know, the worst game since, I don't know, Eagles Cowboys last week or something, but really bad primetime games lately. Who do you got? I'm going Patriots because I've already said that the Jets won't win a single game this year. Um, Adam Gase fired by the 10th. <laughs> I, you know, I would agree with that, but for some reason, they just won't fire the guy. Uh, maybe losing to Bill Belichick will be the final straw here. I also will go the Patriots, even though. I mean, God, these guys might as well play in the NFC East. Too soon? Logging off. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going Patriots. I think I think it's going to be kind of a false insecurity for Patriots fans. Cam Newton will probably throw a touchdown. They'll think he's the greatest thing that ever happened to the Patriots. And, uh, yeah, just do that to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I'm picking the Patriots, but only be not that they're that they're a great team, but it's just the Jets are that bad, uh, and it, they're probably going to make these Patriots receivers look great. Absolutely. All right, you got anything else for this week? That's all the game picks. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, just kind of again, a lot of fun games this week. The Saints Buccaneers game, uh, Cardinals Dolphins game, I think is going to be good. Uh, Raiders Chargers game is going to be good. Uh, Panthers Chiefs could be good if McCaffrey's in that game. That Ravens Colts game, uh, Bills Seahawks, Broncos Falcons. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of good games um, this week. There's a couple of Jets. Jets. I mean, yeah, yeah, Patriots Jets number one, obviously. Um, put all your money on the Jets. Uh, but I mean, there's there's a lot of good games um, this week. A couple new faces: Carlos Dunlop and uh, Seattle Quan Alexander and in, in uh, New Orleans. Uh, so a couple new faces in some in some places and some. And uh, some quarterbacks making their first start. The guy in, in Jacksonville, I still can't think of his damn name. Um, Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush making their first start for Dallas, um, whichever one they decide there. So there's kind of some fun stuff to watch there, at least. Um, but then also, you know, I mentioned in the midseason episode, it's it's kind of remember this is only the midway point of the season. Um, there's still a lot of football to be played. You know, just because the Bears are five and three doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, 49ers four and four. There's a couple of those teams that are in that three and four range. Range, uh, or four and four range that I think are going to make a big push in this this second half of the season. Um, so there's still a lot of time for turnaround. There's still a lot of time to collapse. So um, still, you know, just pay attention and, and remember that there's still a lot of football to be played. By the way, the name you're looking for is Jake Luton from Oregon, Oregon State. 
There it is. Good Lord. I could not think of his name. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, it's never good. Honestly, at week nine, we're starting to see a lot more rookies come in and play, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's something to watch at least. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how he plays in his first NFL game and, Absolutely. and, uh, maybe he'll make some plays. All right. Why don't you tell them where else they can find us? Uh, as always, check us out on gridironauthority.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure you check out our midseason uh, episode where we, we lay out all our awards, all our predictions for the rest of the season, um, how we think the season's going so far. Um, leave your you know leave your comments, your thoughts. Um, tell us what you think of the episodes, what you think of the picks, um, whether you love them or hate them, um, whether you love us or hate us, don't matter. Uh, you can hate Mike, it's fine. It's, yeah, I, you know, I get it. Always give us the feedback. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear what you guys think about it. Uh, as always, like and subscribe to any of our, our places. Check us out on uh, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, anything like that. Uh, like, subscribe, tell your friends about us. So, yeah. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you guys next time.